Hey everybody, welcome to another Book More show. It's Stuart here with Betsy again. How are we doing, Betsy? I'm great. Great to be here as usual. And we're doing this on a, on a different morning than we normally do. So um, nice and quiet around here. So that's, that's even better. So fantastic. What are we going to talk about today? Mix things up a bit, slash, uh, we didn't go around to doing it yesterday, so we're doing it on Saturday morning. So a more yeah. relaxed vibe to the podcast today. Really? It is. <laughs> yeah, less stressful Saturday mornings. Um, so today's going to be a good one. We're going to do a bit of a deep dive show today. Uh, next week, we might hit some more Q&As. We've got a few of those building up, but I thought we'd go a little bit deep in today's episode and talk about a question that's come up quite a few times over the last couple of weeks as we've been talking to people going through the system and that's as they get to the end of the system the books are coming into production they've uh, made any tweaks to the content that people might want to tweak as part of the version two process that we offer to everyone so they're ending up with an end product all the hard work's been done what now so this is where the the rubber meets the road this is the opportunity to this is the whole point of doing it at the end of the day we're not uh, this isn't vanity stuff we're not just trying to do um books for the sake of being a best-selling author or just to, to get it out of our heads for the most part this is really looking at engaging some customers putting something valuable out into the marketplace uh, gen- generating new business so what uh, we're going to look today at what people can do to take their newly found asset get it out there working for them and uh and generating some excitement fantastic yes a lot of this has been it's been brought up a lot lately um by different clients and on on my end people will come to me you know when the book is let's say 70 percent um finished and say okay now yeah what do i do there's an anxiousness of like what am i going to do when i when i finish with this book sometimes we don't think about that but um so i'm hearing a lot more people really preparing ahead of time you know wanting to be prepared so when that book is completed um they can go straight for that you know launching you know um so it's 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 nice but people do yeah, exactly. exactly. And that's the whole point, isn't it? I mean, it's so easy to get caught up into the mechanisms and mechanics of, of getting it out there. Uh, the whole point of the process is to make it as streamlined as possible for people really doing the work up front, but then taking all of the pressure off people so that they end up with something that they can they can use and and get out there and engage the audience. So that really is the main point of it. It's um it's getting out there in the hands of people and and starting conversations we kind of talk about the the tagline of the business being making invisible leads visible or highlighting those prospects that are that are hotter than colder but it all really comes down to starting that conversation so today we're going to use the frame of a kind of more traditional book launch uh it's always handy i've shot out a like a, an email to the list Last week or the week before, we'd done a podcast on one of the other network shows. Dean was talking to Jamie Smart. He has a, in addition to being a a 90-minute book author, he's got a traditional author um, publishing deal with a UK publisher. So we were talking about some of the ways that they were launching one of the, one of his other more traditional books into, Ah. uh, into the store um, physically into stores in the UK and some of the tactics and strategies that they were using. So we're going to use that similar kind of model. We're going to talk about some of the things that traditional publishing houses will do, but we're going to put a 90 minute book spin on it and really look at how us as business owners, as marketing guys, really thinking about getting the book into people's hands and 
and identifying leads and, and starting conversations. So how we can use the traditional strategies, but tweak the tactics slightly to, to better serve ourselves. Sounds like a great place to start. Perfect. So as usual, I'm probably going to go off on a rant and, uh, and, start talking a lot so feel free to jump in at any time i think um oftentimes you're you you tend to deal with a, a broader set of people than i do as far as customers go so again if you've right. got any real life examples of how people are using it i've got a couple here as we were going through the outline mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. jump in and, and we'll try and um illustrate the the ideas with some real life examples that we know people are doing well, so, yeah. with all of that said let's get started so i've got five or six main headings and these as i say are all examples that we see traditional book launches going through so we'll take them one at a time and then look at better ways to do them more effective ways of doing them so the first one on the list is you often see people doing book readings or book signings so this is usually part of a tour to launch a book either just as it launches or more often than not these days as a kind of pre-release strategy because there's such a there's such a, a, a machine and a, a, a metric system that drives the um, bestseller lists that it's very gameable. And you see this quite a lot with other uh, publishing companies or marketing companies will um, teach you or have programs that will get you onto bestseller lists. And as we've said before, that's not really the, the focus of of what we, or well, it's not at all the focus of what we do, but there are reasons why there are other um other models in which that works and it's the right choice but using that same strategy that same idea of getting in front of people how can we better do it if the purpose is to identify leads so rather than just going out there to drum up enthusiasm and excitement for the book itself because you're interested in book sales the better way of doing it for lead generation is to almost scale it back in a certain way less is more because really being more niche specific and thinking about the overall funnel if you're having an event where you're inviting people to talk about the book your book rather than the book itself being the focus as it is in a traditional sense here the book is just a a, an excuse it's an opportunity to start a conversation dialogue with people about an end product or service so some great ways that we see that happening is in an online sense people arranging calls or webinars to talk through either the entire subject of the book or a particular topic within the book bringing together people to talk about that specific thing because you can then add value to them but use the book as the excuse as the mechanism for holding that event so just holding an event for the book in itself is probably less productive because we're not a it's not entertainment most of these books aren't And, and b it's not book sales aren't really the end goal because 99% 99% of the people that we deal with, just one sale of a product or a service would equal a thousand sales of books. So the book itself is not really the, the focus. But using it as the excuse to bring those people together is a similar kind of model, but just a much more effective strategy. Um, that, of course, works locally as well, particularly for businesses who are very geographically based rather than um, internationally or or in in um, location independent then bringing people physically together is a 
is a perfect opportunity to also put a face to a name and be present in the community. So I can remember talking a couple of weeks ago to um, Hank Kankerson, who's got a very strong presence in a particular community. Um, Financial Planner does uh, uh, the majority of the work within this particular um, community in his area and has built up a reputation and their presence over a slightly longer period. So having an event to that audience in that physical location, using the book as the trigger for the event rather than the main focus of the event is going to be a great way of getting bums on seats, another excuse or opportunity to shake people's hands, look people in the in the whites of the eyes and, and just make that connection. Exactly. You know, we've had a lot lately. Um, I would say in the last six months, probably five clients have been um, going to different trade shows, you know, that are specific to their industry, be it yachting or acupuncture or, you know, financial. And they are very interested and they're seeing great success with um, setting up a booth, being there, you know, a big blown up copy of the book and people coming up, you know, to them, they're giving the book away. And I know we'll touch on that a little bit later, but they're just, they're, they're with their people, you know, they're with that industry and, and people they're trying to capture, you know, and, um, just doing that, and, and I'm hearing it more and more. Like when we, when I when we first started all this, I didn't hear it as much, but um, definitely seeing you know that's a great idea to get out amongst the ones that are that are interested. They're working in your industry, that are interested in your industry. You know um, where your clients are going to be. Definitely seeing some sec- success there from our clients. And it's it's using the this is what we say all the way through the, the the books really it's just an excuse to start a conversation but there is a magic about a physical book that has some um, carryover credibility or kudos or there's something about a book that's different from just giving someone a PDF document or a printout of a, a pamphlet type thing there's something about it being bound in a format that looks like a book it's um i think i was talking about this last week with uh, with julia robert cialdini's book latest book persuasion it's all of those mental triggers and links that tie back to something that has more credibility than something else the the content might be the same but it's the framing and the same with having a booth at a stall or a trade fair or a convention so often the the mindset is collecting leads. I can remember, um, I can remember the story, but I blanked on who was telling it. Um, ah, it's gone out of my mind completely. But anyway, whoever it was, apologies for not giving correct attribution. But the uh, the story was that they were at a, a seminar, a convention, had said, uh, were speaking from stage, opened up their presentation by saying, hey, great to see so many people here. Who's here to sell something? And 90% of the audience put their hands up. Fantastic. That's great. Who's here to buy something? And like two hands went up. And that mismatch of everyone being there with the same intention to sell, but no one actually being there with the intention to buy, really drives or underlines the the need to get into the mindset of the audience that you're talking to so being at a presentation at a sorry a seminar or an event with the mindset of giving information away of adding value to the to the participants the delegates that are there rather than just being there to collect leads the the actual physically being there is is very similar but the mindset and the approach is completely different and it can change the whole 
the way you presence your presence at that event. So the book is a great opportunity or a great excuse to position something as giving, as starting a conversation when you're also collecting um, collecting and starting conversations as well. Um, we might not have time to go through it today, but there's another um, there's another element of being physically present at something like um, like an event, which also needs to be bore in mind, which is this concept of. Uh, in fact, we might get to it in the in the giveaway section in a bit. But this concept of if the premise is that you're giving something, it can be a little bit difficult to also try and collect. So, giving someone a book in one hand, but then also asking them to fill out the name and email address. On the other hand, that's a bit of an away, a pushing, a, a whisker type element, whereas really you want to keep it all cheese, all giving, all um, leading with the giving hand, as, as we've said before. So that's where things like the back of a copy, leading someone to a minimum viable commitment next step of giving someone a book with 100% pure intentions of just giving it without expecting anything in return, but then very clearly having a easy next step so that you do get a chance to collect the details by saying to people on the back cover for example okay now you've read the first um, five things that are important about this particular business what you really need to do now is um, take this scorecard or um, go through our grab a free copy of our checklist and then you can baseline yourself on, on whatever index or metrics you want to set up but creating something so it's easy for someone to to opt in separate from the fact that you've given them something to start the conversation so it's a little bit difficult to uh well not difficult but um the nuance of it goes quite a few levels deep and it and it's easy not to necessarily drill down deep enough but i think the the main thing to think about is that authenticity authenticity of purpose so kind of looping back to what we started off talking about the a book reading a book signing the authenticity of purpose as we're trying to do it is to start the conversation, but start by by giving something, start by promoting the content of the book, which is useful to the audience. So just to close that one and move on to the next, we've uh, we were talking about there the the lead generating example of a book reading or a book signing might be a call or a webinar based on promoting the book. The book is the excuse for having it. Uh, a live example would be physically to have it in a location so if you've got a a um a community center in the area or there's a partner that you're working with on in the area then that's an opportunity to use their facilities um the whole meetup um have you ever been on meetup um i have yeah yeah so um for those that aren't aware, I think it started after, I'm pretty sure I was reading the founder's story at some point, and it started after, or it really picked up a pace after 9-11. So there was a whole, the founders felt that there was a real kind of opportunity to create a sense of community and build on sense of community. So they created a platform where you could build um, build communities and organize meetups. So for example, uh, we used it very successfully when I lived in London to run the Isle of Marketing meetup in in london i know they use the same platform worldwide so even organizing things in that type of environment is a great way of bringing people together or you could even do things like uh organize q a sessions or amas kind of the ask me anything type sessions really it's just using the book as an excuse to bring that audience together so depending on where your audience is or how big your audience is there's a lot of opportunities to to 
use that as the trigger rather than as the event itself. That's a great, you know, really, that's a great idea. That meetup is really, um, in this area, is taking off a little bit more. And I really have never thought, oh, that would be something for somebody to do. But, you know, I think certain, um, you know, there's a lot of being on meetup, you know, having recently moved to a new city, um, there's a lot, there's, it's, there's, there's, Something for everyone, truly. But um, for some reason, I clicked on a financial group one time, and now I get a lot of notifications from them. But there's so many groups out there for people to to contact, and they're always looking for speakers and, um, you know, someone to come in and talk to the group. And that could be a great way, you know, particularly if it's a, a group that has, you know, and some of them do, thousands of members, you know, yeah. to, to reach out to these folks. So that's a great idea. It's just definitely something I'll use when, when people ask. Yeah, absolutely. It's about adding value, isn't it? And that actually is a great, uh, that's a great point to think about in that, again, going back to the authenticity of purpose type model, and um, it's always easy, you kind of try and tie all of these things that we're talking about. It's it's easy for it to get a little bit um, specific into using a book for a particular purpose, and then the, the language and the scenario and the setup is not necessarily difficult to follow, but um, sometimes it's easier to bridge it across into other things. So I always often, always often, I often tie it back into the example of being at a party. If you just turn up at that party, no one else knows you, and then you just start talking about how great you are, that's not going to engage people as much as either if you turn up there not knowing anyone, but start asking questions about those guys and have a genuine interest in someone else, or be a regular attendee at the party and create a bit of an audience create a rapport with the people because of kind of longevity because you're often there because you're often helping out so the same with what we're talking about here engaging an audience it's very difficult to go into a brand new community and just start shouting about how great you are and expect to get some traction much easier to either build a relationship with the groups over time or if it is the first time attending somewhere or you're visiting then go in aiming to give as much value as possible and start to build rapport there. So the the meetup example is a perfect example because you've got the opportunity of a, you could um, for example, if you're geographically based in an area, so meetup generally is, is relatively geographically tied because it's mm-hmm. pretty much around people meeting up physically um, <laughs> meeting up physically. It's difficult to not, might not make it sound like a dating site. It's uh, right, right. It, it is more uh, uh, more pure of purpose, if you like. Right. So, um, but yes, physically. So, if you are regularly in an area, arranging a meetup to talk about. So, stick with the financial example. Um, arranging a meetup that talks regularly about what a group of people would need to know for a financial situation. So, it could be the um, the new parents financial group and you there as a financial advisor are facilitating conversation with new parents on what they might to do or a seniors group again targets picking the single target market as relevant as possible so you could set up a meetup group and then just regularly contribute to it and build an audience over time and then having the book as a framework which is actually what we did for the isle of marketing meetups we use the breakthrough dna the eight profit activators book as the frame for that conversation. So there are eight profit activators. We would meet every two weeks or so. We would take one of the profit activators per session, and then we'd probably have another couple of 
meetups interspersed with that, either just a, a, a new person's onboarding one or a complete free-for-all Q&A one. So over the course of six months or so, we would probably get through all of those and then cycle back around and talk about it again. So having a regular meetup is one great idea. The other opportunity is, like you said, very often people are looking for speakers so you can find a group so if you were the financial planner working with new parents you could find a mum's group or a parents group or a child support group and offer to go and speak at that group and use your book as the example of or the excuse for why you could deliver value to that group rather than just saying i'm just going to turn up and talk about something go there with a copy of the book get some copies of the book and physically give them to people but it gives you the opportunity to be present in that place. It's an excuse to be present in that place whilst adding value all the time. Um, and then the third example would just be to find groups that, are, um, that aren't necessarily subject-specific but are topic-related. So again, go and speak to people because of a topic bridging and use the book as the example to be there. It's um, Yeah, I think that's a great opportunity. And I would imagine... We'll have to dive into this. Maybe we'll reach out to the community of, of authors that we've already got and see if anyone's interested in having this yeah. as a case study. But I'm sure, particularly in the bigger cities where there's a lot of meetup groups, I'm positive that someone could have huge success and build their business funnel for a year out plus, if not more, just from using meetup as a strategy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I completely that's a great yeah, idea. That's- yeah, yeah, let's reach out to the um actually if anyone's listened to this now, the um the show notes for this are gonna be on the on the podcast page. So head over to ninety minutebookscom forward slash podcast and this is episode uh twenty five, zero two five. So uh anyone listening to this either uh, this weekend or into the future, feel free to reach back out to us. You can shoot us an email to uh podcast at ninety minutebookscom and and that will come through to us or there's uh just a regular support form on the on the website so if this is something that you're particularly interested in then give us a shout because i'm more than happy to spend a bit of time with people and go through this as a strategy and see what uh, evil steams we can orchestrate around using this particularly um yeah okay there you Fair go that idea. wasn't too bad the first topic on the list and uh, we ran off into a 20 minute uh, tangent but, but that, I think was, that, was, that was great uh, i think that's great information for people and um and it's great for me because, you know, truly, you know, I, when I sit with people and we talk about ways to, to either launch, pre-launch or launch or what to do with the book once it's finished, I've never truly ever thought of that. And it's, it really is a great idea. It could be potentially, you know, very beneficial, you know, um, to someone's business. So yeah, I'm going to kind of research that a little bit on my, on my own as well. Right. And I think particularly for anyone that's got a physical or local business where there is a component of you need to actually see people the opportunity i think is really to become the the industry leader in your area i mean that's the benefit these days particularly i mean there's people know i'm and maybe can tell by the accent but uh, i'm across in the uk at the moment i used to be down in london i'm now up in further north in the country and it's a pretty small area so but even there there's a big enough population for the local businesses here to stay in business because by virtue of the fact that they are in business and have stayed in business, it means that the um, the area is big enough. So in a very small area like this, it's easy to become the the leader, the authority, because there's a lack of competition. In a bigger area, so London or Tampa, Orlando, New York, 
any bigger area, the benefit that you've got there is number of people, the audience size. So there's more competition, but there's a bigger audience. So there's a bigger pie to have a smaller slice of. And things, strategies like this, where other people just aren't doing it or aren't doing it yet, at least, there's a huge opportunity to capture that audience. Um, the last, I don't know how many people who listen in here, listening to uh, or keep a track on what Gary Vaynerchuk's doing, but he was running through some Instagram DM strategies yesterday. Um, so I was just listening in on, in on that. And there was the point there saying that all of these things, none of this DMing people in Instagram isn't anything new. Exactly the same thing happened in Twitter uh, when that platform was up and running. The same thing happened in email 15 years ago. It's not that the, the, the strategy is new. It's just that there's you've got a time-based arbitrage, if you like. There's There's less noise in that environment because other people aren't doing it yet. So there is on a number of things just a point in time benefit of of acting fast of acting now and getting ahead of the competition and that means that you really can position yourself as the first to market it's kind of like that old analogy of uh, i think is it i forget what the numbers are the 12 people who have walked on the moon but if you ask the majority of people to name anyone they could only name the first one right Um, there's definitely a first mover advantage which again is another benefit of the 90 minute book approach of being able to quickly and easily get something out there very fast very specific very uh, very targeted but it's a great way of getting first mover advantage because you don't need to think about writing a book for a year this is something you can do with 90 minutes of your own time it can be completed in kind of six to eight weeks and get out there and really start um, capitalizing on that first mover advantage Absolutely. Great idea. Okay, right. I'm not sure. How, right. <laughs> we might need to spring this over two shows because um, we we're already almost coming up on half an hour. We're only the first one down. So the second one, then we'll definitely get through the second one because that's kind of related. And then we'll probably save the, let's catch up in the in the week and we'll run another show for next week as we follow on and, and we'll back to back them. So the next one that we have on the list to talk about, the next thing that you see traditional publishing houses doing, as well as kind of book readings and signings, they also do book launch parties or pre-launch parties. So how is that going to translate into what we're doing? We're probably not, uh, we're not that excited about a book launch party for the sake of the book itself because of a couple of things. We're not really looking to get a lot of media coverage of in events we're probably depending on the size of the audience we're not trying to uh glad hand people in the sense of just telling everyone to pot their tucks and and come around for some canapes and champagne what we are interested in doing though is engaging the audience so book as an, an as an excuse to do something like that is still a valid and useful strategy so comes back to um purpose and uh, authenticity of, of approach though so rather than just doing a book launch party for the sake of of having people come around for drinks having it for another particular reason but using the book as an excuse just like we said in the first example is going to get some there's a it's a reason to do something a reason to bring those people together so something that might be more beneficial to anyone listening to this is maybe something like a customer appreciation event so again these two examples have been pretty physically 
based for the most part. So if you've got customers in the local area, if you've got partners that you work with, if you've got uh, relationships or organizations that you work with, that you can use the book as the excuse to bring people together but then bring people together to add value to them. And whether that value is an education opportunity, so bring people together for a presentation. Um, It's even presentation, it's not the right word, because that's too kind of one way, but bring people together Mm -hmm. for um, an education opportunity. An example that springs to mind there is Victor Pancini, who wrote the Erin's Law solution, that's going into schools and sharing with people a particular requirement that they need to fulfil around this 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 law, this this governmental requirement. So a book launch party for that might not be that much. Um, who cares at the end of the day? But yeah. having the book as an excuse to go into the schools in the local area and give them a presentation, a fifteen minute presentation about what changes they need to put in place to be compliant um use the book have the book there use that as the example to bring people together but then have kind of like a a, a, a drinks and a, and a party type opportunity afterwards but almost as a as a thank you for people a thank you for the community a, a kind of a, i don't want to say a celebration but a, a good feeling a good reason to bring people together the book being that reason rather than just the sole purpose being to celebrate a book launch it's very nuanced and i'm always conscious of um anyone that's listened to and more than one of these shows knows that i kind of try and drill into the details as much as possible which is sometimes a little bit too much detail that's uh i'm a slightly higher fact find than other people but the nuance of the event is the same. At the end of the day, you're having a event where people are there and listening to some words and and having something to drink and eating some finger food. But the the purpose of the intent is different. It just being a celebration, yeah, to a certain degree, who cares? And in the context of a bigger funnel, trying to engage people in the conversation, again, it's not the most effective. But having it as a customer appreciation event, having it as a education opportunity for this thing that's changing, delivering value to the group, it keeps it consistent with a funnel. And then following up with people afterwards saying it was fantastic to see you there. I hope you had a really good time. And then leading into a next step of a conversation towards a product or service is much easier to do if the event was based around an education event or uh, or being there for a purpose rather than just being there for a party. Exactly. I agree with that. I think sometimes even as, as a, a consumer, you know, when you get invited to certain things like that, you're kind of hesitant, like, oh, because our time is so valuable, you know, do I want to give up two hours of my time to just, okay, this is great. This guy wrote a book and, and maybe I can just get a copy of it kind of thing. But if there's something there that's some useful information, either a presentation or, you know, just even if it's just 15 minutes, you know, it's still something that could be potentially useful to, you know, my personal community, you know, and that might drag me out out of the house, you know, on a on a Thursday night to do something like that. Or I think we've mentioned about maybe doing a find a white razor or some sort of awareness, um, you know, having a, a different purpose. But um, ultimately, the, the goal is to connect with those people for the purpose of your book. But there's other, you know, definitely... Um, would get me out the door, I think, you know, and a lot of people, you know, at their time, it's so, so precious, you know, to, 
Yeah. And it's all about delivering value, I think, isn't it? I mean, you mentioned there. And I mean, all of these examples are, there's no right or wrong answer. It all depends on your individual case. I'm sure there's more than one person listening to this where just a launch party event might be the the correct answer. But I think for the majority, probably not. You mentioned uh, kind of fundraising or awareness raising. Again, there's so many organizations out there who struggle to engage with their their audience whether that their audience are customers or patients or or um or people that are trying to help in the community anyone that's listening to this is thinking about building a book or using a book to engage that audience and being able to bridge that into a complementary non-competing organization so using the book that you've written to help someone else's audience to run a fundraising event for them but using your book as the excuse to bring people together is just a way of a building your audience and authority and and awareness of you out there which is great but from a kind of broader society level it's also about contributing and giving something back and and creating the or contributing to the greater good so if you can use your book as a reason for another organization to do a fundraiser as a reason for the school to come together and and um, raise awareness of a program that they're doing as a reason for um, a old um, uh, an elderly care institute or a charity looking after older relatives to bring family members together and and talk about a subject that's that's pressing if you can use your your um your asset your book as a reason for those people to bring them together even if there's no direct or immediate benefits to you the the broader um not necessarily wanted to say that karma is measurable, but uh, the broader impact that you're going to have is well worth the effort, I'd say, of of bringing that together because these things are relatively easy to organise. I'm conscious that time's getting on, but because um, we've just gone past the uh, or, or we're a bit past the half an hour, so the, an example of that though, before we wrap up, is uh, Jim Hacking. So Jim's written a couple of books with us. He's an immigration attorney from St. Louis. They obviously are very busy now because of the the uncertainty around uh, around immigration. And I mean, regardless of your, your personal opinion on what right. the law should state, the law currently says what it says, and 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 people have got anxiety around how that is being implemented. So he's run a number of events into local organisations just to give people some education and awareness on what the law currently is, what the rights are. Um, If nothing else, even if, and I mean, there is a substantial amount of business coming from it, but even if that wasn't the case, what he's able to do is talk to people from a position of knowledge, from a position of experience and give them, if not a peace of mind, at least a kind of sane voice in a relatively noisy environment at the moment. So being able to, step in and share your expertise share your knowledge and the book being the the reason to get the excuse to get in front of those people i think that is just another fantastic opportunity that people have got to kind of spread the knowledge to do something good out there in the community and and really help people i think that's uh, that's i like that i like that a lot yeah you know that's 
I like that he's, you know, there is the opportunity for him, but there are probably so many people who are just struggling right now with that. And um, the fact that he has the knowledge and, and can ease the mind, that's great. That's great to hear, really. Yeah. I mean, even if, I mean, there's always a difficulty in using, um, in using subjects that are, that are emotionally charged because people have, mm-hmm. have got opinions on both sides of the fence. But right. even if it's something like, um, so school funding is changing now as the uh, current administration is is moving towards a different, and I know you've got an education background, mm-hmm. so as the current administration is moving to, it's just a change of direction. So that uncertainty that it's, that it generates, even if it's not as kind of heated as some of the other subjects, whenever there's a change out there, it creates a lot of uncertainty for the people that it affects, and whether that affects a big group of people or a small group, the opportunity to step in front of people, whether it's education or whether it's financial changes in the uh, financial regulation or whether it's, I mean, I guess regulation is an easy one to think about because it's an external change that people have got no choice but to fall in line with. And that creates an amount of anxiety in itself. So I think there's any regulatory change is a great opportunity to kind of step up and be that leading sane voice and, and offer something back into the environment. But uh, yeah, another 15 examples have kind of popped into my mind, but I'm resisting for right. them now because we're heading towards 40 minutes. Um, we're going to draw a line under it there. Let's catch up again next week. We, I mentioned at the start, we were maybe going to do a and a show, but we'll do the second half of this one next week and follow up with the rest of the examples. Yeah, there's a lot of great stuff here to work with, and uh, I think this is probably this is probably one of my favorite subjects we've talked about, to be honest with you. So um, I look forward to that. We'll we'll hop on another call and do it again. Yeah, that's going to be great. So anyone that's listening in, head over to get the show notes, check out the show notes on the website. So go to 90minutebooks.com forward slash podcast. And this is episode 25, so 025. We'll have a transcript of the show notes here and we'll put in some additional supporting material so people can refer back to. If you've got any feedback or you want, if there's anything particular you want us to cover, then just drop us an email to podcast at 90minutebooks.com and we'll be sure to get that. Um, of course, you can always use the feedback form or the contact form on the website as well and uh, come through to the same place. And if you've, if the show's inspired you and you're ready to get started, then just head over to 90minutebooks.com and hit the Get Started button. And um, Betsy might well be one of the first people that you speak to. We'll be here ready to get your idea out into the world and, and start some of those exciting conversations. Absolutely. Fantastic. Perfect. Okay, Betsy, thanks a lot for your time. I will catch you next week and we'll uh, we'll finish off the second half. Cool. Thanks so much. Thanks, everyone. Bye.